Okay. Our, uh, for those of you that are first-time guests, our pastors are away on a um, much-needed vacation. So um, they're enjoying uh, this beautiful weather down south. And, uh, and so we're, 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 we're happy for them. We're excited for them. And we have the privilege today of listening to one of our elders speak today, uh, Norm Phillips. So he has a message that God uh, has given him, and we are excited for he- to hear what God has shared with him. So he can share with us. Amen. Right. Amen. <clears throat> hey, uh, humor me for a moment, but let's just say something out of the ordinary would happen where say Satan would put on a shirt, a jacket, and a cap and sat down and would do something completely out of the ordinary for him. He would actually tell the truth of what he's up to, and we would do an interview for him. So we're going to start off with a little film clip of what that just might be like. I just wanted to stop by and give you a little update on what's going on. Now, some of you don't have a clue as to who I am, but there's others of you that know exactly who I am. And let's be clear on one thing. I know who you are. I spend as much time as I can with most of you. And here's the part that should make you a little uncomfortable. I spent a lot of time with your children. And thanks to some of you, they don't even know what to look out for. Sure, there's times I I kind of wish I did the whole horns, pitchfork, and red cape thing, but, you know, that would make it too easy for you guys. You see, the great thing for me is that I don't look like anything. I can look like just about everything. I don't have to be here. Some of the best work I do with you people is up here. Now, some of you are thinking, I'm successful, I live a good life, My family's happy. You don't have me. Well, guess what? I can take you down in more ways than you understand. I have one goal, and that's to keep you away from God. And if I can make you miserable in the process, well, bonus for me. And for those of you that don't understand the problem that I have with our Creator, read the book. It's all in there. I want you to think of all the places you've seen me in the past week. TV, newspaper, radio, movies, the internet. <laughs> the internet, wow. Wow, I love that place. Do you know that I have over 420 million pages of porn on that thing? And it does almost $5 billion in revenue a year and growing. Thanks in part to many of you. Let me let you in on a little secret. And I don't mind either. You know why I don't mind? Because most of you will forget everything that was said in this service by the time you walk out those back doors. Are you ready for this? All you have to do is choose to avoid me. You wanna know the best thing God ever did for me was to give you the ability to choose? You see, you can't not choose. Here's the greatest thing about it. By not choosing him, you automatically choose me. Now some of you have figured out how to keep me away. And quite frankly, there's no mystery to it. James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee. But most of you choose to allow me free reign in your life. You know, there's that word again, choose. I have drugs, porn, infidelity, greed, lust, pride, slander, and the list goes on and on and on. But the one thing I do not have is the ability to offer you freedom. 
You know, to see Jesus suffer on that cross was one of the greatest moments of my life. Then when he was with me, the burning and the torture that he felt was at my hands. And I loved it. I loved every second of his torture. But you know what I couldn't stop thinking of? I couldn't stop thinking about why he was there. During that time, I could only think of one thing. That when his torment was over, it meant that all of humanity, every one of you, would have the chance for an eternal life of peace. And all you would have to do is simply choose. You know, I know how this is going to end. I know what's in store for me. I will be condemned to an eternal hell, but until that day, I will do everything in my power to unleash that hell on this earth. And as God, as my witness, if you even allow me the smallest corner of your life, I will not stop until I destroy you. And until you cry for mercy in Christ's sake, I will not let you go. When the service is over, I will be waiting. I'll be waiting for some of you at work, at school, or at home. You know, I'll even see some of you in the car outside. Just remember, it's either me or him. Who do you choose? Yeah, I don't know if that deserves an applause, but... Uh... <laughs> I will say one thing. There's nothing but death, hell, sin, and darkness is what the devil can offer you, and that's it. I didn't put that up there to glorify the devil, but to let you know that we're, we're in a serious, serious state of affairs at this time in our culture. I'd like to just start off real quick with a prayer. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for what the Son of God has done. Thank you, Lord, what you've done for me. Thank you that you've given me a chance to, to choose which way I want to go. I pray that you would just anoint the message I have to, today, Lord. I pray that you may get all the glory in Jesus' name. Uh, I, f I felt it was important to show that clip because in light of the last few weeks of the of the teaching that we've been doing on the spiritual darkness, the spiritual warfare. Um, and we need to know that we are in a war. And the general of this earth is Satan, and he would love nothing better than to take you out. So I'm going to read a couple facts I'm going to start off with facts that I think it might even surprise you. The latest, there was a Gallup poll back in 1990 that said that 87% of Americans, when asked, considered themselves to be Christians. Okay? 
also said the latest poll, the latest uh, 2015 poll, said that now it's 77% identified themselves as Christians. And it says the large majority of Americans, 77% of the adult population, identify with the Christian religion, including 52% Protestants and some other non-Catholic religions, and so forth and so forth. Now, the reason why I gave you that fact is I want to read some facts of what's going on in the world today. I don't know if this will surprise you. Probably not, because you know some of this stuff is going on. But it just blows my mind that they can do a Gallup poll, and most 77% of Americans claim to be Christians. And that's a good thing. But then I'm going to read these facts of what's going on today, and maybe it'll make you scratch your head like I, I scratch my head over this. It says, according to a new study by John Hopkins University... Oh, by the way, this is not a legalistic sermon. There is not one ounce of condemnation that I have for anyone. We're all in the same barrel. We're all sinners. Whether you're saved or not, you're still a sinner. This is to to encourage you, but also challenge you and challenge your Christian faith. Okay, I want to get that out of the way. So if something here you relate to, please don't take offense to it because it's not meant to be legalistic like I'm a Pharisee sitting up here speaking down to you, okay? According to the new study from John Hopkins University, 57% of American mothers between the ages of 26 and 31 are unmarried with their ch- when their child is born. One in four women will experience domestic violence during her lifetime. America has the highest incarceration rate and the largest total prison population in the world. 50% of Christian men and 20% of Christian women say they occasionally or often view pornography. And the most popular day of the week for viewing porn is Sunday. I don't think that's an accident. 37% of pastors said viewing pornography was a current struggle. American produces 80% of the world's pornography. Pornography sites receive more regular traffic than Twitter, Amazon, and Netflix combined. When I was a kid, I have to tell you that pornography was confined to Playboy and similar adult magazines. Now it's just a click away on any internet device. Child pornography is a $3 billion industry. Premarital sex is more accepted than ever before. The United States has the highest teen pregnancy rate in the world by far. The United States has the highest rate of illegal drug use on the entire globe. Domestic violence costs more than $37 billion a year in law enforcement. Involvement, legal work, medical and mental health treatment, and lost productivity at companies. Every year, more than 3 million children witness domestic violence in their homes. Child prostitution, at least 100,000 children are used as prostitutes each year as part of a $9.8 billion sex trafficking industry. 
according to a new report from the anti-trafficking trafficking group Shared Hope International, victims on average are between ages 12 and 14. Disrespect for marriage, in fact, the United States has one of the highest levels of both marriage and divorce of any Western nation. The percentage of people who are projected to marry, close to 90%, is higher than anywhere else. Yet the United States has the highest divorce rate in the Western world, higher even than vanguard countries such as Sweden. At current rates, over half of all American marriages would end in divorce. In addition, Americans cohabiting, living together, relationships end more quickly. American families are different. We are people who engage in frequent marriage, frequent divorce, more short-term cohabiting relationships. Americans step on and off the carousel of intimate partners, by which I mean marriages and cohabiting relationships, more often than any other country. 32 states have legalized same-sex marriage. I don't know if you watch the news at all, but I don't know if you know what's going on at North Carolina, Mississippi. You ought to take a look at that. It's about the bathroom laws. And uh, I don't want to get into that. That's another whole whole subject and another whole uh, sermon, if you will. But the reason why I'm giving you these facts is because now, more than any time in your walk, making God your Lord and Savior has never been so important. Now, if I, if I just asked... You know, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but in the New Testament, okay, actually the Lord Jesus is mentioned 712 times. Him being Savior is only actually, or referring to him as Savior, has only been mentioned 25 times. Interesting. So the Greek word kurios, K-U-R-I-O-S, is the Greek word for Lord. And what it means is master, possessor, supreme authority, king, owner. That's what it's saying. Um, the apostles knew exactly what Lord meant. And they knew immediately that they, they referred to Jesus as their Lord and Savior many times. And they knew that it was to serve him. I tried to explain that to Judy. I said, hey, I'm your Lord. That didn't go over too well. I'm your master. (laughs) Well, anyway, all kidding aside, um, the apostles knew. And they knew their number one thing was to serve him. Okay? Now, Matthew 28 states, verse 18, And Jesus came... And spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Ephesians uh, 1, 19 says, And what is exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he has worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. For above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is 
is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fulfills all in all. And Luke 6, 46, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Well, there's many more scriptures that pronounce him as Lord. Now, in our society today, you have to understand something. We, we, we don't like that. It's a bad taste in our mouth about Lord, right? Because we don't want anybody to lord over anything. We want our freedom. We want our independence. That's America, okay? So I, I think that, you know, we struggle with that. And, you know, you're to actually, when we come to the Lord, we're actually to be, what we're saying to him is, we are giving up our rights. You are my Lord. You are my master. And you are my savior. You're all in all. You're everything. You're the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Blesser, you're a blessed controller of everything. And I don't have any rights. Okay, well, I don't know, um, you know, when we, um, well, before I actually start that, I will give you a, a quote. You guys know who Francis Chan is? If you don't, very, very famous pastor up in San Francisco, and he's a very outspoken pastor, and I really love him because he cuts right through the chase, you know. He, he quoted uh, a quote that says, lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin, they wanted only to be saved from the penalty of their sin. That's a good one. You know, um, and then I don't know if any of you in here know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer was, but he was a, a Lutheran pastor that uh, really fought Nazism and was very outspoken, wrote books, and, and stood up to the Nazis to the point of where the Gestapo got a hold of him and they threw him in a concentration camp, and he still didn't stop talking about the Lord and what was wrong and what they were doing to the Jews, and he ended up getting hung at 39 years old. But he, he impacted Germany like no other pastor. But um, sometimes, you know, and well, sometimes there's a price to pay, the total ultimate price, but... He made a quote when he said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Think about that. When he calls you and you accept it, he's telling you, come and die. Well, not literally die, but die to yourself. You know, I'm not sure when, when, I, when we all confessed to the Lord that we really understood that it was about being his servant. Um. You know, it's, I love this thing here. You know, we're supposed to be his slave, but that's not politically correct slave, right? But it says, whoever we choose to serve, there's that word choose again. Whoever we uh, uh, choose to serve is either Jesus or Satan. If you don't pick Jesus, you've already picked, you've already chose. And that film clip was perfect, Okay. Uh, because that's the most powerful word in the world is choose, okay? Because you can't even get saved if you don't choose Jesus. You, you know, if you don't believe, if you don't choose to believe what he did for us. 
this whole thing that I'm talking about, making him Lord of your life, okay, I need you to understand Christ loves us so much. (laughs) I did a study on the darkest day ever. And if you go back and you read into three of the Gospels, uh, I think John's the only one that doesn't have it, but it said when Jesus Christ went to the cross, and there, and we all know this because we see it in movies all the time, there's a darkness that comes up when Jesus gets on the cross. Do you realize that that was before he was dead? See, always in the movies it shows when he dies, all of a sudden the, the lightning and it gets dark and everything else. But do you realize what Jesus, we all know what Jesus went through what he was brutally beat. We all know that. But what you don't understand is it, it was dark. It became dark when they put him on that cross from noon to 3 o'clock. Supernatural darkness. It said the sun stopped being the sun. That's not an eclipse for three hours. This was supernaturally done. And the reason why is that Jesus was then paying the price that we should be paying because what is our, uh, the penalty of sin? Is darkness to be pulled away from God. Not to, so he had to be separated from his Father. God separating from God, if you will. But he had to go through that. I mean, it was more than just the beating. There's been a lot of people that have been brutally beaten, just like Jesus. But I'm talking to you that Jesus Christ went into hell, if you will, which is not the actual hell, but hell of being separated from the Father for the first time in his life, for three hours of darkness. And he did it for every one of us. He did it for every one of these people I just read, those facts. We, <laughs> when you study what he went through, you just can't help but love him. And it's not hard for you to become his servant. Because, yes, he's a holy God and he won't stand for sin. But he's constantly waiting for us to repent. Every one of us. He's so full of mercy and grace, and he just wants to give it to us. So he says he wants you to be, he wants him, himself to be the Lord of your life. I've got so much material, there's no way I'm going to be able to, to get through this. But I just want you to know that he is Lord of the living, and he's also Lord of the dead. Because you can't get away from him being Lord. Hebrews 9.27 says, As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this judgment. I will tell you something. If you're sitting here now and you have not accepted Jesus Christ, not only as your Savior, but as of your Lord, there will be a day for all of us, including yours truly, that will stand before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And every knee shall bow. And if you think... Well, I don't believe in God. Okay. 
I could say, uh, I don't believe in gravity and jump off the roof too. It doesn't change the truth. And so what I'm saying to you is he is the Lord of lords and he wants to be the Lord of your life. And my challenge this morning is, is he the Lord of your life? Is he? And probably the majority of you would say, well, of course. Of course he is. Okay, then my question to you is, is he the Lord? Is he the Lord of the movies that you go to? What? No, is he the Lord of the movies that you go to? The places you hang out at? Is he the Lord of the books you read? Is he the Lord of the social media you use? That's, that's the elephant in the room, social media. Is he the Lord of your cell phone and how you use it? Is he the Lord of your computer, your iPad, the internet sites that you use? Is he the Lord? Is he the Lord of your integrity? Is he the Lord of your money? How you spend your money? Programs you watch on TV? Huh? Is he the Lord of the programs you watch on TV? Oh, it's only got a couple words, uh, a couple bad words. Oh, oh that movie, you know, <clears throat> well, we decided we only... The worst movie we'll go see is a PG-13. I'm telling you, my wife and I are um, public television freaks, okay? Because we feel like that's about the only thing we can watch that doesn't have these ads that come up. Because we're, we're, we're uh, Jeopardy. We like Jeopardy and stuff like that. But you realize I am so sick and tired of the advertisements that come up and somebody's getting stabbed or their dress being pulled off or they're making love. I'm just so sick of it that I can't, I can't afford, you know, I thought, well, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I told you, I said, we'll just put it on mute. Do you realize that you become what you behold? Do you know what that means? Behold means to look. All right, all you parents out here, your children behold you every day. Isn't that like a big fat mirror? Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. All of a sudden you'd look at your child and say, where did he get that from? And your wife looks at you and he says, he gets it from you. I mean, it, it, this, is, this is a God-giving thing that we become like what we behold. You say, well, how can that be a God-giving thing? Well, you see it all the time. Everybody... If you, if you see one kid in school and he's really popular, I guarantee you at the end of the year, everybody's dressing like that kid. Everybody's talking like that kid. Everybody's doing what that kid does. Isn't that right? Uh, in my era, we love movie stars. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and everybody wore their hair that way when I had hair. Uh, <clears throat> but that's, that's a God-given thing. And you say, well, I don't understand that. Well, I'll tell you why it's a God-given thing. Because when you make him Lord of your life, you'll do things. And I appreciated Freddie the other day when he got up here. and When he told me, he said, well, he was telling everybody when he says, I can't get my day started unless I get up and turn on my music, read my Bible. You're beholding him. You're beholding him first thing in the morning, Freddie. And that's why when we behold him, 
we become more and more like him. And when we become more and more like Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we're going to find out that we have more power than we ever thought we had over our problems that would come into our life. So if you're struggling right now, my challenge to you, is he the Lord of your life? I know one thing. I'm not putting you down because, you know, I was saved, what, 42 years, almost 43 years ago? And I said the prayer, and I said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart, okay? I make you Lord and Savior. I had no idea when I walked away what I just said. What I learned through prayer, through listening to sermons, to actually walking my talk, I learned what Lord really meant. And here's the funny part. The more that I prayed, the more that I walked my talk, the more sermons I heard, the more involved I got in serving others, all of a sudden, it wasn't such a bummer that I can't live without my Lord now. (laughs) To be honest with you, (laughs) there's a scripture that I was having during my devotions and uh, recently, and it was a, I came across the, the, the scripture in Matthew 7.21. You probably all know it. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, <laughs> Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name, gone to church in your name, gave money at the church in your name? And then, God, help me that I would never hear the next verse. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. The only thing I can tell you is the people that he was saying that to, they were not, he was not their Lord of their life. You know, we can do a lot of good things for a lot of good reasons, but unless he's the Lord of our lives, it's worthless. It's just things. And so... I said to myself, my gosh, you know, I even shared it with my wife, and she goes, well, you know, Matthew 6, 33, you know, but seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's great. Oh, good. I got an answer. What does it mean to seek the kingdom first? It means the first thing up, you listen to daily audio Bible. The first thing up, you get into your Bible. The first thing up in the morning, you start praying to God. And you want to know something? (laughs) After I read that scripture and kind of got a little little shook, you know, in the morning now when I'm in my prayer time, I go, hello, Lord. Hey, this is Norm. Remember me? (laughs) Because I'm not going to let you forget who I am. Because I never want to hear any of those words. So my, so my challenge to you today is, 
is for you to understand that Satan, has, he has been dealing with mankind for thousands of years. He knows you better than you know yourself. Yes, customs have changed, things have changed, technology has changed for sometimes. And, and the truth of the matter is, but he still knows what makes you tick. So he loves to just sweep your feet out from underneath you. We need to be, as Freddie would say up in San Francisco, a little bit street smart. What do you think, Freddie? That's right. We need to be kind of hip to what he's trying to pull on us, okay? Okay, so there's many good things. You know, I was going to uh, jump on uh, social media because it really is burdening, burdening my heart uh, when... Uh, you stop and think, first of all, Satan counterfeits everything. Did you know when TV first came out, that was a rage because it was supposed to bring, in fact, they even put it in the ads, all the families sitting around watching it. And they're watching Howdy Doody or some other queen for a day or something. Do you know what I'm saying? That actually was meant for good. It really was a good thing when it first came out. It's vile and corrupt now. And then, then you take a look. Do you know what the Japanese engineers are doing right now? Anybody heard what they're doing right now? They have a mechanical woman, a robot. And they said, you don't, for $1,700, you don't need to ever get married. I mean, because this, this lady will never say no. Okay? And just let your imaginations go with that one. But I'm telling you, and... And you, if, you, uh, if you actually look it up, it'll blow your mind. The skin's real. She even, I mean, in fact, they're using them today in the dental procedures because the mouth is exactly like the human mouth. The texture of the skin is just like the texture of skin. They've inputted the programming is from an actual human. So she makes human statements. She thinks like a human. Technology's good, but look what we've done with medicine. That's been great, huh? Oh, here comes the counterfeit. Here comes Satan. Let's have lots of more abortions. Uh, well, how about let's cloning? Let's clone a baby. How about that? Let's be God. Let's make babies. Okay? Then you take a look. Oh, I don't even need to get into the Internet. The Internet was a good thing when it first came out. I'm an informational nut, okay? I love all kinds of information. You couldn't give me enough. And I'm always uh, on these Christian websites like the Denison Forum and, and uh, Pastor Tim and a bunch, of, a bunch of stuff. And that's where I get all these facts and things that were happening around the world. World Watch by uh, Stephen LeBlanc, LeBlanc. So I'm saying it's a good thing. But my gosh, did you hear what I just read? 30% of pastors are struggling with pornography? <coughs> Give me a break. All I, can, all I can say is if you're seeking God as your Lord, he's also your sa- He is your Savior. First of all, if, if you haven't been saved, you need to do just what Bruce Gessick said. Come up here. There's somebody that will lead you to the Lord and get you saved now. 
Because you know what? There's no guarantees for tomorrow. You can walk out of here, walk in the parking lot, somebody run you over. Do you really know where you're going to be? Do you really know where you'll wake up? Nobody, there's no guarantees in life for anybody. Okay? So my, my point being is that it's time for us to make God, Jesus Christ, Lord of our life. And if we get up every single morning, I, I pray all day long. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I have many prayers, you know. You don't have to do the, the, the Muslim thing at 3 and 5. And, you know, you, you don't have to do that. You get up, spend 15, 20, 30 minutes, okay, reading the Word, praying to God. Uh, in prayer, there's something that happens that's inherent. When you begin to pray, I've noticed all of the prayer warriors here, uh, I wanted to name them all, but I'm sure I'd miss somebody, so I'm not going to name them all. But we have prayer warriors in this church that, that, that meet on uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, okay? My wife's part of the group on Thursdays. She's a prayer warrior. And, and I'm telling you, there's something that happens. That trans, it transforms you, something, you know, because why? Because you're beholding Christ, you're beholding God. You're talking to God. You're becoming like Him. And prayer does that. And reading the Word, that's, that's what makes Him Lord of your life. And the devil wants to tell you, you're a loser. I always let him know, I know I'm a loser. That's why I love my Lord. Because He saved me from being a loser. Okay? And I always remind him, when he reminds me I'm a loser, I remind him where he's going. Okay? Resist the devil. I love, I love that, that clip. He says, it's no mystery. Just read the book. That was good. Just read the book. But I'm telling you, without Jesus Christ being your Lord and Savior, it's very difficult in the world that we live in today and the culture we live in today. So my challenge to you today, and we're running out of time. Maybe we can get the worship team up. I wanted to get into Facebook, but then probably would, people would walk out, you know, because there's a whole sermon in itself about Facebook being in an addiction, literally. Psychologists, non-Christian psychologists are saying Facebook is an addiction. They said over 600,000 people, okay, uh, get their account attacked a day. Oh, and I know Facebook has been used for good things. The worldwide church uses Facebook, okay? But I also know they use it for predators. I also know they use it for cyberbullying, okay? I know this for facts, okay? Personally, by facts. I was hacked two times, so I actually just said, forget it. I'll go back to texting, and if I don't recognize the text, you don't get anything back from me. You know, that's about as, as uh, technology uh, savvy I'll be. But it's just like I don't trust myself. I don't trust the world, and we need to be hip. And like I told Freddie, we need to be street smart. Be hip to what's going on. Don't have the sense of entitlement. I went through entitlement about this whole thing about, you know, Two years struggling with my back. Lord, you know, man, I gave you 40 years of my life. I sold out to you. What are you doing to me, man? You know, that's not right. That's not fair. 
He doesn't owe me anything. He died for me. He's given me grace and mercy. He's given me a chance to live with him for eternity in paradise. You know, and I'm squawking about the two years I had to suffer a little bit. You know, we're in the boat together, folks. So I'd like to take this time. If you don't think you're right with God right now, wherever you are, if you fit into any of these categories and you want it broken off of you, when they're playing and they have prayer time, come up. Get right with God. Let me, can you show that picture, please? My last picture. Do you see that? That picture was when, when uh, Jesus was, or they were speaking in the book of Revelations, okay? And in the book of Revelations, which I can't find it now, but, oh, right here. In the book of Revelations, it says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door. I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He's standing, folks. Does that sound like a God that, that, that loved you yet while you were a sinner? And if you came forward to get right, that he would smash you? I want you to notice that there's no handle on this side of the door. That whole image and the, the scriptures I just read was to the Laodicean church. And that's the one if you read in, in, in uh, Revelations it said, I wish that you were either cold or I wish you were either hot, but don't be lukewarm because I'll vomit you out of my mouth. He was talking to that church. That a lot of pastors use that scripture for getting people saved and so forth. They stand at the doors and knock. But that actually, that scripture was for the Laodicean church when they were screwing up. So does that sound like a God that wants to throw you into hell? He says, no man, he wishes perish. Look at that. He's waiting. He's waiting. Open the door. Let him into your heart. He'll make you right. Thank you.